you smell that fresh cut grass? Can you feel the earth beneath your feet and the turf beneath your toes? Ladies and gentlemen, we have finally made it through all of summer. We have finally gotten through positional ranking shows, fantasy shows, fantasy drafts are all over. None of that is important anymore. We can learn from the past, but now we just must trudge on into the future for season 104 of the NFL season. And we are back here on the Sunday card for week number one. Picks are fresh out of the oven, and we're going to be serving them to you piping hot on this episode today. Dan Zampano, Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silbert. Our esteemed producer, Lemon Pepper Lou Paracone, is back. Hype, expectations, wisdom, knowledge, who knows where we'll go. But the merry-go-round starts right now, Maddie. It is time. It is time. We are two days away as we record this now from kickoff between the Chiefs and the Lions. We got news this afternoon that Travis Kelsey already hyperextended his knee. We have oh. the first. We have the first again. Fantasy drafts just happened, and people who took Travis Kelsey in the first round. Sorry, Michael Riccio, that you are just SOL potentially week one without your first overall pick. The hype is coming. The news is coming. The picks are coming. The picks are coming. There, there are so many interesting storylines going into this Sunday. We have a lot of. Uh, teams that are playing divisional matchups that are juicy, some non-divisional matchups that are super juicy. Matt, I will say it was weird getting back into the board. I will say that. I do feel like my picks for this week are very reflective of everything we've been talking about all summer long. Again, we kind of said this pre-show, like there's not much to go off of now. We don't have what these teams look like in their current state in the NFL. We haven't seen... You know, there's no team coming in with the same 52-man roster from last year. We have not seen these teams play football yet. So we are going off of some core principles. We're back to the basics. If you if you listen to our show for, for a year or two years now, you're probably going to hear a lot of some of those trends and things that we lean on. Um, but that's what you have to do in week one. We just have to lean on what our core kind of thoughts and principles are when betting the NFL. There are you're gonna see you're gonna see what some of those trends are coming up. You're gonna you're gonna recognize some picks if you know the show. No question. We've got some we've got some smash plays that that are that are core. But before we get into that, Lewis, we can finally stop pretending. We can finally stop just watching hard knocks and you know waiting upon waiting upon this new era called Jets football. We'll see how it actually is on the field now. Yeah, we'll we'll see again. Resident Jets fan, expectations are low, very low. Oh, please. Oh, I told please. you from the start I didn't want to do hard knocks. I told you. I said it from the very beginning. I did not want to do hard knocks or overhype, but I'm excited. We're back. We play Buffalo Monday night. Of course we do, because of course we do. The hype is all over the place. The excitement's there. Uh, I'm going to go watch with my dad. If we lose, he'll probably throw the TV out the window. Call it a season. Uh, so, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. But we're back. I was going to say, hype is low for you, but you are uh, an outlier amongst Jets fans. I mean, amongst the Jets fan, you know, populace, expectations are very high. It I know you sky. keep yours low to, to avoid the heartbreak, but. They should know it, better. It is sky high. They, they got to know better by now. I mean, please, come on. Let's go. Is it fair to say we're the Cowboys of the AFC at some point? Can we just get with that? Right uh, now. 
Yeah, like can we? I, and, hey. and look who's coming to town Sunday night to New York. You got Dak one night, and you got the Jets the next Sunday yeah. Monday night back to back. What more could America want? <laughs> That's it. That's all you need. A little bit of blue, a little bit of green. That's it. I I love it. I love it, Maddie. It's week one, and maybe we'll get to those games. Maybe we won't. But just to set the table for what we do on this show, me and Maddie, all season long, we give you five, total five picks every single week. Each of us has different a different five. At the end of the year, we tally them all up, and hopefully we're in that money. I believe last year we were something like 58%, uh, right around there. So we did quite well, much better than our 2021 campaign. Uh, but we did really, really well last year. So if you're anywhere above 52, 53%, like you're in the money, that's where you need to be if you're going to make these picks. Full disclosure, this year I'm not actually making live picks. Uh, these are like picks that I'm just giving out, but actually no betting. Maddie, of course, will have uh, a lot of conviction with some of his stuff. But at the end, we'll give you a Moneyline parlay from the Magic Moneyline man himself, Maddie Ice. And I'll give you an under the weather and under that has to do with weather. Go figure. Lewis will also be participating once again, trying to rec- recreate that 18 and 2 record he had in 2021 uh, with some bet the narrative picks as well. Gentlemen, we've got it all on the floor. Maddie, I know you've got a lot to say about some trends for week one. Yeah, just coming into the year, um, you know, looking at again as we said there's not a lot of things to go off of as far as how the teams are playing in their current state and and what their offenses and defenses and and just general schemes are going to look like um and an interesting thing obviously we did our divisional picks uh already on on last week's show and kind of all throughout the summer um but i did notice this this note from the action network was that this is this is one of the tighter years as far as divisional races go uh there is no current betting favorite that is minus 200 or better depending when you look the chiefs could be at that point but um, they currently had them posted at minus 190 as the highest betting favorite. And that would be the first time since 2004 and only the second time since the year 2000 that there is not one divisional favorite that is minus uh, 200 or or lower on those odds. So um, it feels like, again, we are in every year is a new year in the NFL. Things do not remain the same. Things change from year to year, from game to game. And uh as much as you might think that this team won the division last year and they look so good and they were a 13-4 Vikings team that they're going to be right back at the top of the division this year and be clearing house. Me and Dan had them both at, I think, 7-10 or 6-11. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what we try and play off of is, is the give and take from year in, year out with the NFL. And that, uh, you know, especially teams like the Vikings and the Giants that played super close in one-score games that you are not going to be able to repeat teams that had a uh, substantial turnover luck last year that are not sticky stats that are going to repeat year after year. Cause they're more of a, a chance plays and, and, and luck percentages um, that ended up coming out. So, and then just going into, again, setting the table for some of these picks coming up here, uh, some road dog trends or just some dog trends really in general um, road dogs. This one is from Chris Raybon. This is a, a really good one. road dogs that did not make the playoffs last year, um, which would apply to a few teams this week that are, uh, so road dogs not making the playoffs hit at 61% uh, mm. since 2004, 73, 46, and four. That applies to six teams this week. Uh, that would be the Titans, Texans, Cardinals, Packers, as they are posted at plus one right now, uh, Rams and Lions. 
Um, and then another dog trend or kind of just another trend as far as, again, what you might conceive as a bad team last year. Um, teams last year that had between four and six wins. So they were obviously below 500 and, and not in the playoffs, any of those teams. But they weren't the worst in the league. They weren't top five picks in the NFL draft. Uh, teams with four to six wins the year pr- uh, prior go 65, 33, and two against the spread, mm. which is 66%. Uh, and just to compare teams that are all seven wins or higher go 67 or sorry, 63, 73 and four, which is only 46%. Um, and obviously teams that were one and three the year before are, real, are just bad teams and need a lot more work. And they only hit it about 39% against the spread. So by far, by a 20% margin, four to six teams cover against the spread early on in the season, much more than any other team. There's no question about that. You need to kind of find the team and, and kind of hold your nose a little bit. Right. I mean, in a lot of ways, it is about getting ugly. And we talk about getting ugly a lot. We talk about breaking mirrors when we're looking at them. You know, that is part of this. And it works. At the end of the day, it works. If you go back to our records last year, we talked about ugly all year. I was 51, 36 and five on my picks, 58.6%. Maddie was 54, 35 and three. This man was over 60% on his picks last year. These getting deep into the muck. With teams that you don't like, it's profitable. At the end of the day, it's profitable. So without further ado, by announcing that, Maddie, you are last year's champion. I'm going to allow you, once again, pick or punt for the first time this year. I'm going to pick because if we're talking ugly, I just, let's just get the ball rolling. With Ooh. We're going to take the Houston Texans plus 10 against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, That would be the biggest spread that we can see in week one. Um, Week one underdogs of eight points or more since 2003 hit a 25 and nine against the spread rate. That is 74%. And that goes along with the other trend of teams that have missed the playoffs that are road dogs hitting at 64%. That is one of those teams. That comes up here. This one was a, a little difficult for me because obviously on the other side, if I could play devil's advocate to my own pick, you have John Harbaugh with extra time to prepare. Um, anytime he has more than 10 days to prepare, he is very good. 18, 12, and two against the spread. Week one uh, over his career, he is 11 and four against the spread, but 10 points. And obviously, I think y- you've got a-, a team in the Texans that people viewed as, as very bad last year. They were very bad last year, but they are a team that we've seen make a ton of upgrades in the offseason. Whether or not it's the quarterback position, we can ignore that. Um, you do have a rookie head coach. So that is a little scary as well. But we love what they did in the offensive line. We think that they're going to be able to run the ball really well, which means controlling the clock, uh, which is great uh, low possession game uh, when you have a double-digit spread like this. And I think that their defense has gotten a little bit better as well. You've got a couple of players that they drafted over the past few years, uh, Derek Stingley, that are now – Getting more experience, you've obviously got Will Anderson coming in, uh, one of their two top 10 picks that they made in this year's draft. And then it's really just going to – C.J. Stroud, we're just trying not to ask him to do too much in this game, hopefully. Hopefully see a lot of Damian Pierce, um, a lot of over-the-middle stuff maybe to Dalton Schultz, uh, and we'll see how we get it done. But we're going to have to find a way to cover 10 points here with the Houston Texans. Yes, you are. And and you said it right there as the thing that scares me off this is C.J. Stroud – and D'Amico Ryan's first game on the road against the team that typically is ready to go week one. The Ravens historically a very good team in week ones. 
even as favorites, uh, they have been pretty good. So does it scare you at all going rookie coach, rookie quarterback in any way? 100%. I mean, 100% does. But again, it's not – this isn't a six-point spread. This is – you know, we have two possessions that we can lose by here and get a push at, at you know – if they lose by nine or if they if they lose by 10 to get a push, if we lose by nine, we still get a win. So, get, you know, getting two possessions week one where we like to think we know what these teams are going to be. But there is going to be surprises coming throughout the year as much as we are high on the Ravens um, coming into this year. I think we both liked them in our in our season previews um, and we like all the things that are going to come from this offense. It is a brand new offense that they're playing in. So maybe the first week doesn't go super smooth. I mean, I don't think um, I don't have the snaps. Lamar really didn't play any preseason, did he? I don't think he did uh, at all. Not, not much, no. And, and that's another impact is you'll see a lot of these teams that didn't play their offenses in preseason um, have to work out the kinks. You know, you, you haven't been able to to run through it in a lot of live action against another NFL opponent. Um, so even if he played maybe, I would bet, at one at one quarter at most this preseason, I really don't remember seeing him out there. Uh, I think in a new offense, this is a great chance to take, again, the Houston Texans, who also could have some wrinkles for uh, for the Ravens with some stuff they might not be expecting. Interesting move. Interesting start to the year. I do will say that I do kind of like the spread in terms of because of the over-under. The over-under is 43 and a half. This is a pretty low. In fact, most of the over-unders this week are, are extremely low. Uh, I, I haven't seen them this low in a while. Most of them under 45. There's a lot of them. So it's kind of an interesting trend uh, as well this week to follow along with over-unders if you get a chance. My number five, you want ugly as well. I, I, I'm going to be right there with you, looking in the mirror, breaking it. I don't – I'm really holding my breath on this, but if we're going to be as down on this team as we are, heck, let's start in week one. I'm thinking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers plus six in Minnesota. That's what I'm doing. Uh, I think Baker Mayfield goes in there. And, in fact, Matt, if I was if I was taking full live live bullets this year, I wouldn't hate sprinkling a little money line. I think this could be an upset uh, waiting in a Bruin because as bad as the quarterback situation is for Tampa Bay, they still have playmakers. They still have Mike Evans, the the Chris Godwins, uh, as far as we know for this week. Um, I think they got a good young running back in in Rashad White that's going to be decent, but their defense still has the pieces around it to kind of hold with the Minnesota offensive line. I mean, that's not the greatest offensive line in the world. They've lost pieces at the receiver position. I think Addison will be a good player, but you know, it's again, his first game as well. So maybe a little rookie jitters there. There's not much trends that I can tell you about the, uh, the Bucks here and how and Bowles really hadn't been a great coach in this spot, but Kirk Cousins hasn't been great at home since in the last three years. Kirk Cousins is 10 and 16 against the spread in his own building and getting a full touchdown with a team that at least has a shell of that Super Bowl team around it. Baker's just got to manage the game. New DC, maybe the communication is not great there and Flores, it might take him some time, but I'm going to go in on Tampa Bay. I think they're going to cover the spread. I think they might even win the game. I like the Bucks. Well, I'm, I'm going to ride with you on this one. This is this will make us again. I, I had a list of games here. I, I didn't have it necessarily ordered out. This was I was about to make this like my number, my number one or number two pick. Honestly, I think it was going to be my number two, but we'll go with it at number four. Uh, and as you said, I mean, Kirk Cousins is bad at home. That ten and sixteen against the spread uh, since 2020. It, to give you an idea, that ranks eighty third out of eighty five qualifying quarterbacks. Oh, I feel much so, better. 
Yeah, I mean, that it's not, you know, a lot of other quarterbacks are finishing that way. He is bottom of the barrel when it comes to that. And again, it's just another one of these teams. Uh, we, we, we said it leading in uh, that they over exceeded last year. They were they only had two games that they won by more than one score. So when you're opening up with a six point spread here against a team, like I said, Baker Mayfield, the Vikings secondary was awful last year. And if there's one thing we know about Baker is that he's a gunslinger. He's just going to go out there and he's going to air it out. Like you said, he's got those two wide receivers. The offensive line is going to be a worry, but I don't necessarily fear the pass rush in Minnesota so much. This is not like they're playing, uh, you know, they're playing against a San Francisco or an, or a Philadelphia team. That's got an elite, elite front front seven. Uh, I think that he's going to be able to buy time. And, and Baker is just one of these guys that can go out there. And I think this is going to be, again, I think this is a money line play that can shock some people coming out week one um, as a plus 200 money line here. Oh, uh, I, I like really that. like the Bucks this week. I like the Bucks. It's just, and I said, and not for nothing, a team playing indoors that wants to air it out and throw the ball a lot like Tampa Bay. I think that, I think the, the Bucks are very alive this week. How about the first mind meld of the year being the Tampa Bay Bucks? Can we maybe with Baker Mayfield? With Baker Mayfield, can we maybe is this year we're fire the cannons? Like, is that what we're doing? Is are we a Bucks team? And now we're gonna ride the Bucks all year? That's gonna be our bad team that we like. I don't know. I, I can easily, I mean, it doesn't take a lot to get me back in on Baker Mayfield. I've I've been a been a Baker guy since he's been in Oklahoma with just all of his his swagger and uh his aura that he brings about him. So uh I could just see him getting getting going early here in uh, week one and me just being fully on board uh, the pirate ship. Can you imagine Baker Mayfield planting a Tampa Bay Bucks flag on the Vikings field? <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Okay, number four for me. Matt, you mentioned a stat, I think, with teams. What was the stat? Teams that have four to six wins stat. What was that stat again? Teams with four to six wins last year cover at a 66% rate in week one. Let's go with one of those teams. I don't love it now, but I, now that the number is moving up towards the favorite, I kind of like it getting another point here. I know that one of their best players is injured and he may not play, but I'm going deep into the bowels of the, the 12th man. I'm going to take the Rams plus five and a half now at Seattle. I, I, I really like this one. You're not going to catch the Rams healthier than they are right now. That's, I think, where I am at this. I think that's my logic going into this. They're the healthiest they are right now. This is not going to be a long-term solution team for me. I don't think they're going to be a great team, and I do think Seattle will be. I think the Rams have a chance to pull an upset. I'm not sure that it's here, but I definitely think they can keep it within a touchdown. Uh, I'm just looking at some trends here. Sean McVay and the Rams, 5-1 and one straight up and 5-1 and one against the spread in Week 1. They've covered by an average of 7 points in those week one matchups and John McVay against Pete Carroll is the most profitable coach against a specific opposing coach in the national football league. He is nine and four against the spread versus Pete Carroll, five straight ATS wins eight and one in his last nine contests against him. I really like the Rams because they always give Seattle a battle. And you know, at, when it comes down to it, Yes, this defense is really going to suffer, especially in the back end. But interior pressure can best the Seahawks. I'm not sure about exterior pressure, but I think interior pressure can get them a little bit rattled. They're going to put up points, but I think Stafford can kind of manage and, and kind of wade his way through the waters to kind of keep this one close. So I'm going to take the Rams 
plus five and a half up in Seattle. I mean, yeah, another divisional dog here getting getting close to a touchdown um, on this spread. What did you have, Matt, five and a half? I, they have now seasons. moved. I just saw them move to five and a half. I saw them at four and a half, and, yeah. and now they're starting to move the other direction. Yeah, yeah I, I think I think five and a half is a good number there, uh, even though it's kind of moving through that little bit of a dead zone. But again, we are getting close to a six. Uh, if you wanted to to hold off, maybe wait till game time, you might have. Uh, again, it's another one of these teams, too, that's big offseason hype in Seattle. Again, we do like them long term throughout the season. But coming in week one, we want to fade teams that are that are really heavy on the offseason hype that uh, the general public might be might be boosting up a little bit more than they should be. Obviously, the Seahawks did overperform last year. Us and everybody else had them at like four to six wins, uh, kind of in this win total that we were talking about the Rams being. Uh, and so I, I like to pick. Now, it ticks both boxes on um, on the, the pre-trends that I gave you out, the four and six teams and the teams that didn't make the playoffs last year against teams that did. So, Love it. Love it. We'll, we'll, we'll be all Hollywood in that one uh, going into week number one. Week, uh, pick number three. Excuse me, Maddie. Pick number three, we are, okay, again, as we said, this is a, we are a dog-heavy show, very dog-heavy show, but I, I do think that you've got to find a little bit of the time to fit in a favorite here, and I think this is the spot, as much as I went with a rookie quarterback on my side in the first game, I think I'm going to fade the number one overall pick in Bryce Young <laughs> this week and take the Atlanta Falcons, minus three and a half at home. Um, that three and a half number, I think that, that hook is really there to scare you. I, I, you know, and I think it can back a lot of people off when you're like, man, I wish I could just get the three. And if we just, you know, get them by the field goal, save me, save me some money. If we get the push on that. But I mean, we didn't love what we saw out of the Panthers in the preseason out, out, out of some of their, their talent, especially on the offensive side. It didn't seem like, you know, Bryce is moving well through his progressions and stuff, but the offensive line wasn't holding up great. The receivers weren't getting a ton of separation. And then you get to go, and take Atlanta here in a divisional game where they are just going to run the crap out of the ball and control the clock. Uh, you might be, and it's seeming like Brian Burns is not going to be out this, this game. Mm. He, or not going to play this game. He is holding out for contract reasons. So I really like um, Atlanta here to control the clock against a, a young team. Uh, except Bryce Young leading the way. And I have, a, I have a few trends as far as Frank Reich not being very good at home either. Um, in his starts, Frank Reich is 0-4-1 straight up and against the spread week one games as a head coach in his time as a head coach. And, uh, you know, not including the quarterbacks taken this year and Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, and Anthony Richardson, the previous 14 quarterbacks uh, that were drafted high, uh, 22 games under 500 um, in those previous 14 quarterbacks in their starts. So, um I just think it's the right time to maybe fade a team that's still trying to figure things out from the preseason. Bryce Young, uh, I hate that I've ignored the fact that I am backing Desmond Ritter with this pick. Yeah, I, I do have to back Desmond Ritter, which is tough. But again, I will take my chances with the second-year guy that at least got some reps uh, against full starting NFL defenses last year. The fact that he got in for a little bit gives me a little bit of comfort. But again, I don't think it's going to be relying on Desmond Ritter too much in this one either. I think it's going to be uh, pounding the rock, Arthur Smith style. Uh, and again, I think that's just another coaching matchup that I would take is Arthur Smith over Frank Reich. So uh, we're going to take a, our favorite of the week here. Uh, teaser, that will be the only favor of the week uh, at Atlanta minus three and a half. Okay. Okay. Frank Reich trouble. Both of these teams, I mean, not great. I mean, I think the Falcons have not won. What is it? Since 2017 on week one. So it's been a long time for them and this would be a huge step in the right direction. 
to get this win. I actually kind of agree with you. I think that I think that Bryce Young, first game going out there, I think he's going to have some trouble with this new defensive coordinator that they have. They're going to be a little bit better. It's not one that I'm particularly fond of watching, and, and that'll be the entire yeah. NFC South all year long. But once again, corner TV game, I love it. That's why we we love the dirty South. We love getting <laughs> down and dirty with the with the NFC South. We do. We definitely do. Uh, number three for me. I mean, when money's on the table, I'm just going to take it. I'm going to stick with green, you know. The worst team against their division in the NFL is the Chicago Bears. So why are they favored against the Green Bay Packers? Because Jordan Love is starting. Have we seen Jordan Love? Have we seen him? This is it. This is the start of my anti-Bears campaign. Okay, I'm going on a campaign trail, and it's the Bears versus me. It's Justin Fields versus me for president, and I'm telling you, this man can't get the job done. He can't do it. So we're going to elect the new guy. You know, I'm going to refrain from real stuff, from real politics, and tell you that Justin Fields ain't getting the job done. So Jordan Love is going to be our new shiny toy, a shiny example of how to play quarterback. The I don't even care that – it's the Packers and Jordan Love and all this stuff. The Bears, in the last 20 years, and I know it's Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, are 30% against the spread against the Green Bay Packers. Here's another one for you. Against their own division since 2019, they are 5-18-1 and one against the spread. And again, I say to you, which line of scrimmage are they controlling? Which one? Offense? Defense? Maybe special teams? I'm not sure. I don't see any of the line of scrimmages that they can control in this game. I do not care that it's Jordan Love. I care about who the T-E-A-M is on the other side. And the one in green is better. I'm taking the Packers plus one and a half. Put me down. Yeah, if I didn't have such a... um investment and um maybe my reputation on the line with justin fields i agree i think that this is a this is a good pick i would take this divisional dog it, it is some things some you know a lot of things change in the nfl one of the things that seems to stay the same is that the green bay packers just beat the <laughs> beat the chicago bears and i i would i would lean that way so i will uh partake i i, I will not partake in any betting in this game i am going to just keep an eye on things and root for justin fields on my fantasy team and it's and it, I don't even want to bring up stats about the Packers because you know Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre and that's what people will keep saying that it does not matter the core is the core that's what it is here we're taking the Packers my first my top three picks I absolutely love and I think they're smash plays I'm interested to see what your top two picks are because I think we're going to match on one I'm interested on the other yeah I'm I am I am wavering a little bit here on a couple. I'm not really sure which way I want to lean. I think I am going to go with a home divisional dog here. Uh, out of all there, there's a couple. There's a couple. There's a couple homes. There's a lot of those. A couple there's of a good of ones. There, there are. I am going to take the Cleveland Browns plus two and a half going against the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I, I know Dan is, loves Cincinnati this year as he has them running all the way to the Super Bowl, uh, and, and he doesn't want to see King Joe Burrow get dethroned, but. Uh, I, I just like the Browns here. I 
they've played really well um, against the Bengals, uh, which is the only team in the division that they actually do play well against. Uh, they do have a losing record against the division as a whole since under Kevin Stefanski. But Joe Burrow um, is eight and eight straight up versus the the AFC North. Uh, he is twenty one and eleven against all of the other divisions, and against the Browns, he is one in four straight up. Um, compared to 28-15-1 versus all other teams that aren't the Browns. So the Browns have really had his number, and I, I think that this comes from what we said about what they did with their defensive line and just their defense in general, along with a little bit of Joe Burrow missing a lot of time in camp with the calf injury, and he just came back earlier this week. But I think that the Browns' defensive line is going to be exceptional this year. I really do. I think they have the chance to be a top-five defensive line, and I know that Cincinnati did a little bit with their O-line last year. We saw it struggle, though, at the same time. And I don't think that they're fully out of the woods with, you know, sharing up the protection of Joe Burrow, their star quarterback, to, to run this offense. Not to mention that we've seen Zach Taylor now. You know, two years ago it was when when Joe finally had his first full season and they totally flipped it around in the playoffs and they started letting him run, the, you know, run the offense the way he wanted to and air it out and they were throwing at a much higher rate than they were running. He reverted back at the beginning of last year again to kind of not throwing it as much, running the ball, trying to play it safe. And I think that he might do that again this year until I mean, maybe he's learned his lesson, but I don't necessarily have a ton of faith in Zach Taylor as a wizard up there. I think we give a lot more credit to Cincinnati and their success um, from Joe Burrow and then their defensive coordinator, uh, you know, crazy Lou back there. So I, I think that it's going to be a low scoring, you know, slobber knocker of an AFC North kind of a game. I hate that. You know, I, I think if Burrow was fully healthy, you'd get three on this number here, but I will take two and a half at the time of recording. I think that this is definitely one I would wait on though. I think that come game time, come public betting pouring in early on Sunday morning, I think the Browns get to three. So uh, I, if you're listening to this, I would wait till the last minute to get the Browns at three. You know, maybe you miss out at two and a half and it goes down to two, but I would rather take the, the risky chance of trying to get it up to three. Well, Let's mind meld once again, shall we? I get the Cleveland Browns plus two and a half. I think this is a great, great play for all the reasons you mentioned. Isn't it incredible that the Browns, since Joe Burrow came to the league, he's one in four against them. The Bengals themselves are one in five against them since Joe Burrow's coming to the league. This is, you know, I think part of the reason why I'm so high on this is not just because Burrow's injury, but Jim Schwartz, we just know, is so known for being a very aggressive blitzer, especially on third down. And he's the new defensive coordinator for the Browns. Their defensive line is going to come after them hard, fast, and heavy. Zadarius Smith, Miles Garrett, the whole gamut. I think offensive line, I haven't seen a better offensive line this preseason than Cleveland. I mean, they have been destroying everybody. I mean, go back to that preseason game against when they had their starters in against, against Philadelphia, and they just road graded them. They went right down the field, and, and they got they had a fumble on the one-yard line in the first drive. But, I mean, I, I've been super impressed by Cleveland and what they've put together. I think that's where the game gets controlled. I would not be surprised. You know, I, I think this will go down to the wire. Cleveland just has not been very good at winning games in, in week one. However, I think this is something to be held because Cincinnati just starts off slow. We saw it last year. We saw it the year before that since they've – Put this semblance of a team together. They have taken September off. Uh, they're not a heavy preseason training camp. They're not doing a lot of hitting in training camp. Uh, one of the teams that kind of is known for that. 
Um, Cleveland, I think, is ready. Cleveland, I think, is hungry. And and this is a team that trends upward against the, the, the Bengals. I'm going to take the Browns as well. We'll mind meld. I, I love it. And not to mention, we haven't really talked too much about, you know, we always like to follow bet, bet percentages and money percentages. This is yeah. definitely a, a pros versus Joe's game. Uh, Bengals are getting 58% of the tickets uh, to the Browns, 42, but the Browns are getting 69% of the money. Um, so that is a 27 point differential and very nice as well. Very nice. Very, very nice. I love it. Woo, woo, woo. Let's go. Let's go, dog pound. Okay. Number one, Maddie. I swear to God, if we're not mind melded on here, I don't know what we're doing. We are mind melding. I know it because I'm taking the Rams. I don't want to spoil it. I'm trying oh, to do okay, everything you do. I don't like to hop on it early here. Uh, and I was thinking about going a different way, but I really think the Rams are in a great spot this week. Uh, again, talk about a team that people have totally left for dead after last year because they look bad. And yes, we know that they have. No notable name talent on the defense because they that's just where they are at after sacrificing all the draft picks they've sacrificed over the past few years on their Super Bowl run. Um, all worth it. But again, we've got Matt Stafford back healthy this year. We are probably going to be without Cooper Cup week one. Um, but that is also not totally given yet. He still could potentially play. Um, but you, I mean, you said it, Pete Carroll, uh, McVeigh's Pete Carroll, nine and four against the spread. Uh, and they get just a huge, huge hyped team from the offseason and the Seahawks. It does terrify me again that it does appear like the weakness of the Rams would be their secondary and against a team in the Seahawks that wants to throw the ball a ton. But again, I think the coaching matchup, I think McVay comes out with a real fire under his ass after having such a down year last year. Um, he does not want to be you know, viewed as one of these less than uh, coaches in the league. He, he sees himself as a top tier talent in the league. I think that he comes out with Stafford, with Cam Akers, uh, and they get in, enough done on the defensive side. Uh, and again, I think this is just another ugly low scoring game here. So I'm backtracking a little bit here to go back. You gave a lot of the good tr uh, against the spread uh, trends as far as against these two coaches. Uh, and then Seattle just has how they, they don't necessarily come out necessarily great um, against the spread at home. They have won eight straight games uh, since 2000, but only three and two in their home openers uh, at home under Carroll. So uh, I will take, McVeigh here with you but I, I know where you're thinking that oh, there's you know. two other potential picks I know where you're going with this and I got a little scared they're definitely in my leans but go ahead and go ahead and tell me where we're going with your number one pick well first off your Rams pick is absolutely outstanding if I may say so and I'm glad you saved it for number one number one is I mean this is like picking it's like when you pick up an $100 bill on the ground you know it's that easy it's that easy I mean, let's freaking rah, rah, man. Let's go, Mike Tomlin. Pittsburgh Steelers at home getting two and a half against Brock Purdy? Oh, my goodness. I mean, this is this is juicy. Let's uh, some trends here with the Steelers. Uh, we know Mike Tomlin, most profitable coach as an underdog in the league. He is... 64 percent 53 30 and four against the spread as we know kyle shanahan as a week one in week ones as the san francisco 49ers head coach is one and five against the spread he is two and four straight up i mean i don't know what more you have to see we love the steelers we think they're trending in the right direction we think this 49ers are taking a minor step back 
We're seeing Purdy not having played very good against good defenses, good sound defenses. T.J. Watt is healthy. George Kittle is not. Nick Bose is not in camp. What more do you want? I'm making the Steelers. Let's pound it. Let's get into those quarries, those coal mines, and let's pick some out and, and show them that coal is better than gold, at least in this game. Yeah, and, and again, we love the Steelers this year, and I think that is almost – you know, kind of counteractively working my brain, how I'm always kind of trying to uh, uh, take the public take and, and, and take that in and, and say what my gut reaction is to most of these things and then kind of flip it on its head. And it, the hype around the Steelers in the preseason is almost scaring me off a little bit because it is, we are, you know, is it too early? Are we getting on it too much where it's like they had, you know, five drives, five touchdowns in the preseason. The offense was clicking at every single level that you could want it to this is still San Francisco. This is still elite defense. No Nick Bosa. I get, I think Nick Bosa gets this game from three down to two and a half for the Steelers or else you'd be getting Steelers probably at plus three if there's Nick Bosa in this game, but it, it, and all the trends do line up and it's just something about that is scaring me. It does feel like it's too easy, which is why I, I last minute backpedaled a little bit and pulled up uh, and instead took the Houston Texans plus 10. Oh, I, don't know I, that, I don't, I don't know. That's any better, but, uh, Something scared me off the two and a half here with Steelers and Mike Tomlin. I think because we listen to so many people that aren't involved with the betting side of it, and we talk to so many people about it, and then you talk to just people in public, like from me, what I've heard is that the people that I just talk to randomly throughout the day are like, oh, no, 49ers are win that game. Like I've heard that. I've heard that. I don't think so. I think Steelers win this game outright. Uh, Brock Purdy, again, hasn't had a full off season. New defensive coordinator, again, I know that didn't matter in the long term for San Francisco, but I think it matters here. I think Kenny Pickett, second-year leap, man. I mean, it's just all these things. Sometimes, really, it is kind of that way. It's like, is this too easy? I think it is. I just I can't get over how many things are pointing in our direction. And I don't think the general public possibly could know that many things. I think it's Pittsburgh all the way. I mean, I hear you. I do like the pick. I will. I will have it in uh, on on one of my accounts this week. But I just left it off the show picks. Okay. I, I will be. I will be writing with you for sure. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, okay, that's our five picks. Any leans, Matthew? Um, leans for me uh, again. No divisional home dog. Sanders in the face. The Giants plus three uh, and a half. Yeah. But they again, they also fit into that boat of the Vikings last year of maybe overperforming where they should have been at. Uh, so I, I stayed away there. Uh, Green Bay was in my leans. <laughs> Green Bay was definitely <laughs> in my leans. Just couldn't take it. And again, uh, one of the uglier ones, I have another lean, but I, I'm going to, I'm going to save it because we have it coming up in a, a future segment in this show, but um, Arizona plus seven. No, I you can't. I you know. I, can't. I know it, but I mean, Sam Howell, is a seven point like this is also Sam Howell's like it is debut and premiere with a brand new offensive coordinator. We have heard how things haven't been going great, but I don't know. Jonathan Gannon asking me if I've got a fire in my gut because I'm taking the bus over or whatever. That, <laughs> that, that do you see that clip coming out online? No, what did he say? He's in front of the team meeting. I mean, it was the total opposite of Robert Salah's intro on Hard Knocks, where like you wanted to you know run through as many brick walls as you could line up in a row. And he's just like, who, uh, raise your hand if you drove over here. Uh, raise your hand if you took the bus over here. You, 
it's in, in reaching up the worst body language ever, like looking away, scratching his head. Uh, did you have a, a fire in your gut? Because we're here to win games. It's like, geez, this is the least inspiring man I've ever oh seen. My so, gosh. I mean, he doesn't fire me up at all. But again, seven points for the Washington football team with Sam Howell just might be a little too rich. Oh, well, here's why I didn't touch any of that because I was with you until Colt McCoy got cut and the line didn't change. The yeah. line didn't change. And I'm like, you're telling me that the line's not going to change and Josh Dobbs has been here for two weeks and then Clayton Toon. I, so I think it's Clayton Toon. You think it's Clayton Toon? I loved Clayton Toon coming out. I thought he could be a really good, like, long backup, you know, with a potential to maybe even start a few games. Not his first game. I mean, I get it, Washington. But that defense is – I don't know how many points Cardinals are going to score. Like, I, I just don't. They can't – they're not going to be able to block the line. I mean, that is that is tough. Yeah, I mean, one of the trends I had for this, in case I I, I was getting, I, I was going in kind of blind here as far as I had them all lined up. But, I mean, the last two times that the Washington football team was at least a six-point favorite in week one was back in 2002 and 2005. Um, the last time that they were higher than a six-point favorite was in 2000 uh, when they were 10.5-point favorites against the mm. Panthers. Um, and, again, I just it feels like we have not seen this team be this high of a favorite in a very long time. And it's a totally new iteration of this team with a new quarterback and a new OC. So it it does feel like I've certainly not taken Washington. Um, And maybe I think if you maybe tease up the the Cardinals over 10, I don't know. Something. I don't know what you can do over that. Um, Just a couple games I want to ask you. My lean was the Giants. That's that's the same in there. I don't know why. I feel like the Patriots should be more of an underdog in this game. And they're not. And I know that number jumped a lot throughout the summer, went from three and a half to five and a half, back down to three and a half. Now, I don't know. This is a measuring stick game for me. So I'm not sure I can touch it, but it seems like a lot of people like New England in the game at home, Tom Brady Appreciation Day, whatever that means. You know, I think that'll be fun. Um, And it's now up to four now. So, So you're getting some money now back on the Eagles. So a lot of movement there. I don't know if you have a thought about that game or not. Uh, again, I, I think that if you if you were to take that, that's another team that again missed the playoffs, um, and, and going against a, a heavy favorite in, in the Eagles, and obviously you know Super Bowl losers, Super Bowl runner ups, um, but all all the hype around the Eagles again this year. So I think that's where you're getting a little contrarian play on Belichick again, a home dog, uh, and, and just the Belichick effect of, in general, saying that he's they're going to keep it close and they're going to keep it within you know a few points. So I, I'm not touching that one though either. That's again. We like to think the Patriots offense is going to take a next step, but that's one of those ones I got to see play out first. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Colts getting five now at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And and I know we're supposed to take that. I know we're like, yeah, we, we have to do that, blah, 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 blah. I, I think I had the uh, I had the number here of the last time that the Indianapolis Colts beat – the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville. And I'm sorry, this is in this is in uh, Indianapolis, so it doesn't matter. So I'm not even going to bring it up. But in Jacksonville, I mean, they never – the Colts literally never play well. I, I don't remember the last time they won a week one game. It, it's been a very long time. And, again, like this is any other time we're supposed to take this one. But with Anthony Richardson, we're so in the dark as far as what this is going to look like. And you're, you're very much going against, again, the – 
maybe one of the bigger, biggest hype teams of the offseason of the Jaguars and everybody just expecting them to run away with this division uh, with the second, you know, the second heaviest favorite to win their division kind of leading to what we said at the top of the show. But again, if we know anything about the AFC South, it's that you always want to take a home dog. And I just couldn't couldn't do it this week. But we love taking a home divisional dog, especially in the AFC South, where the competition we don't think is that far apart from each other. Um, so it, it would be ugly to take. And again, Anthony Richardson, we just got to get a little bit more of a look as what we're going to have. Though Jonathan Taylor, it's like what they can't even lean on the run game here. Uh, we have not a ton of faith in their defense, so it's a t- it's a tough one, but it's it's an easy pass, I think. Yeah, easy pass. I, you can't stomach it. That that's the ugliest one on the board to me is, is taking the Colts. Um, I will say, if we were doing the Thursday night game and whatever happened happened, I would have definitely been on the Lions uh, in, in my spot. But that's obviously we're not doing that. Um, let's go to the Magic money line parlay. Let's do it, Maddie. What are we cooking up for the people to make some coin? Well, again, so I already gave out one of our picks here. I think just mainly to add a little bit of juice to this, to add some some gusto to maybe try and take home a nice winner in week one. We are going to take the Tampa Bay Bucks. I think the yes! Tampa Bay Bucks Let's are go. going in. As a dog here, I think I like the chances of Baker Mayfield to kind of come out and shock the world. Maybe do a similar thing. Remember uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick a few years ago came out and uh, yes. when he came in, they put the chains on him in the after. He's very famous, very memeable now when he had the sunglasses on and the and and the chest tear out and the chains out um, coming in winning that game against the Saints when they were huge, huge underdogs. Uh, so I, I like the Bucks there at plus 200 to get us going. And we missed out on our other favorite doggy dog head coach here that's mr mike vrabel mike and the mad dog coming to town coming down to new orleans uh he is 42 38 and 2 against the spread um as a head coach and as an underdog he is 23 15 and 1 when he uh is and including 22 9 and 1 when he is a dog of three points or higher we are getting him at three here I just think that these two teams are much more on a level playing field. I mean, we like mm-hmm. the Saints to win their division, but we also, when we were breaking down the AFC South and said, yes, it is the Jags division to win, but just don't forget about Mike Vrabel out there just coaching up a hell of a team. He's got a decent defense. They've got DeAndre Hopkins now, which doesn't feel like, you know, people kind of dismiss it because it was, oh, I want to go to a team to compete to win a championship. And I think people just didn't view the Titans as a championship team, but when you add him and you add Derrick Henry, he stays healthy. Yes, you still have Ryan Tannehill. I get that with the, the mishmash of draft picks that they've taken in the past couple of years behind him. But, I mean, I just – I'm going to take I, – I think if you could see one storyline like Derek Carr on his first new team in forever going with the Saints, trying to mesh with this this new offense with no Alvin Kamara, I think that the, tit- the Titans are going to give them a hard time. So they're plus 140 on the money line. So if you combine those two together in a parlay, that would give you plus 620 on the Magic Moneyline parlay to get us going in week one. Love the dirty South. I love – you know what I really hate about living in the South, though? I will say this. This false fall. This false fall is pissing me off with all this stuff. It was it was in the low 80s, like it was low 60s at night the other, the other day. And now it's 95 degrees every single day here, and it sucks. But we can get through it if we hit Tampa and Tennessee. 
we, we started not last year, but two years ago, we started off with a week one win. And it just, we just, it, it really, we rode the gravy train the rest of the way. And the Magic Moneyline Parlay hit a very good clip that year. So I'm hoping things start off again week one. That means that we're just, you know, good omens for the rest of the season. Very, very true. We got to get back after last year's debacle. We will get back to that. I I, th- I have a good feeling about the Moneyline Parlay, especially this week. This is the week to, to snipe it. Uh, let me do the under the weather really quick. And then we'll get to Lewis. Under the weather, there's not a lot here, folks. But if you remember weather trends, it's not always about the wind and the rain and the snow and the sleet. It's also about the heat. If you are in a hot, humid area, that is trending towards the under. Heat affects the big guys up front. They cramp easier. They get tired easier. We end up having offensive lags when that happens. So there's not a ton of outdoor games in the south. This week, it's going to be hot in the Northeast as well. The one game that's kind of south, that is the hottest I could find, Houston and Baltimore. I think that's going to be one. 43 and a half new offensive coordinators on both sides. Defenses are pretty good. Uh, they know what they're doing. I think Houston's going to be better uh, with their defense, especially defensive line. Will Anderson get after it? Lamar running that new offense. I think Baltimore's going to hold them down. Uh, Houston's going to want to run the football anyway. I think that's another trend, but the weather is the biggest trend. 86 degrees, high humidity, because that humidity is going to boil and boil and boil. It's going to be mostly sunny, but there are thunderstorms coming in the afternoon, which means before those thunderstorms, it's going to be humid as hell going into that game. So I really like this game to stay under. It's somewhere between 43 and a half and 44. Again, there are very low totals this week. I was very surprised by that. Um, not too much going for high totals, but I'm going to do Houston and Baltimore in Baltimore under 43 and a half. We'll call it with the heat and humidity, 86 thunderstorms in the afternoon for Lamar versus CJ Stroud. That is your under the weather. We had a great trend in 2021. Lewis had a magical run 18 and two in 20 weeks. It's never been done. It's never been duplicated again. It's time to do it again, though. You have to get us back to the promised land. Lewis. I have to somehow do better, Dan. I have to somehow do better. And there's room. And Back the narrative. You set the bar high. Bet, yeah, yeah, a little too high. But, uh, Dan, we're calling Brother Love and the Green Bay Packers. I like it. At Chicago, plus one. Now, we're betting the narrative. I don't care about the analytics and everything else you talked about mm-hmm. before, which you made great points. But when Monday morning comes and Green Bay has won, and then we've got to wait and see what happens with Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets later on, all morning long, <laughs> did Green Bay make the right decision? Let Aaron Rodgers go. He's not giving Jordan Love. Is he the next guy? Is he the heir to the throne after Favre and Rodgers and now Love? And I could fully see Packers winning. Love has a good game. He comes out. I own you. Stealing Rodgers' line. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Matt. I know. I, I know you running back is on that team. I'm sorry. I, I just, uh, you know. I'm just like, I feel like now I'm like championing the Bears this year. Like I have to be the Bears guy. Like I just, I, I like a quarterback a little bit more than some people do. And now I'm just, I'm just defending <laughs> the Bears at every, every time I can. And you guys are coming at my throats. Hey, listen, you went through it with Baker. We're going to make you go through it. You went through it with the Falcons. We're going to, yeah, you have to. You just have to. It's- you have to wear this title now. Yeah. You have to, you have to put on the big, full bear suit. That's what you have to do. 
I wasn't going to get here in time, but I was going to order. Uh, I was looking for one of those like ridiculous, like face mashup shirts of Justin Fields so I could put it on right when I drafted him in the fantasy draft the other day, just to, just oh, to, to really so dome my Justin Fields love for the year. And I know you would have been uh, rolling your eyes just as you both did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. But yes. Uh, well, Matt, it. Matt, uh, go ahead, Lou. Sorry. No, no, that that was it. That's uh, I was also going to say potentially a letdown uh, for Dallas on Sunday night, but uh, let's let's wait for the season to pan out a little bit more. I need to see Darren Waller and Daniel Jones together before I uh, start picking the Giants in a narrative. So, but you yeah. got to let the Cowboys kind of get rolling, like really good, get them to four, five, six, and zero, oh, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. And, and then a huge letdown against a terrible yeah. team that hasn't won yet. Yes, for sure. Right, I like it. I like it. Uh, Maddie is going to be in Europe next week. Yes. So we'll be missing you for the show next week. Where are you going? I'm going to Turkey for three days and then Albania for 10 days. Albania. So, uh, I will have to find the American sports bar out there that, uh, where they show NFL football. Um, but yes, I will be uh, up in the Alps. I will be down on the Mediterranean coast. I'll be enjoying Aperol spritzes and everything else that goes along with it. Um, but I will not be here to make, I will be submitting my picks for week two though. Again, I cannot, I'm not just going to give Dan a free ride on, on picks after I mean, we might know on three this week. So I'll, I'll only at most be up two picks on them, uh, more than likely be up two picks on them, you know, this week. So I gotta, I gotta keep the competition fair and still get those picks in next week, but I'll be back for week three. We'll be here and present. We are only, you know, a minor, uh, day-to-day injury, injury leave for, uh, for me in week two. A uh, minor injury leave when he's drinking Aperol spritzers and, and having a Turkish bath and trying to trying to find you know NFL NFL that game right there in Turkey. Oh, the egg shaped ball, helping. the egg shaped yeah. ball, not the round one. Not rugby, no, no, the other one. <laughs> like, hey, you know, Eastern Europe, you know, they got a lot of bear pelts, so you can get one of those, come back with that, and support your team. So. Yeah, no hunting or anything planned on this trip, but who knows? Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe we'll have one with a just get a giant bear pelt with a giant number one on the back. Yeah, <laughs> nice and orange, big orange number one. All right, well, uh, that's it, and that's all. We'll see you week two, Maddie. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Enjoy Europe. Uh, Godspeed, Lewis. Those Jets, man. It's finally time. We'll see you uh, tonight. Well, I, we'll see. That's it. I, I, we'll I'm not getting too high, not too low. We'll just we'll see. And of course, we got to play Buffalo on Monday night. It's just they're just they're ripping my heart out already. We haven't even played yet. They're already tearing me apart. Oh, Lou, I, I just, I, Lou, I just love that you're in the spot that I was last year. We didn't even mention the Broncos in the show. I don't no. feel great about us going against the Raiders week one. We're four point favorites. I don't love that at all. Sean Payton era. We got to get it kicked off on the right foot. But you are in my seat last year, my friend. Awful. It's not I fun. love it. <laughs> well, I mean, if it makes you feel any better, I have to deal with all the in-laws and all all that with the Eagles. So I, I've already gotten text. The, the first thing when I went to see them last week was, yeah, you know, I think we'll just we'll play Jalen Hurts for the first quarter and just let him get out so he doesn't get hurt. <laughs> like that was the that was the the conversation that I had to endure last week. The Tanner McKee, the rookie, is gonna be playing in the second quarter. Uh, on Sunday, so you get some ten and seven seasons starting up now. Yeah. Oh, all right. I'm directing them to you. Directing them to you. Okay. Uh, for 
Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silver, and our esteemed producer, Lemon Pepper, Luke Aracone. I am Dan Zampano. We hope you enjoy it. Week one, it's finally here. It's going to go by real fast, folks. So get ready, hold on, and love on to it because it comes and then it goes. We can't wait for this ride for season 104. We'll see you next week on the Sunday car. The Sunday Card Podcast is co-hosted and directed by Dan Zampano, co-hosted by Matt Silvereth, and produced by Lou Paracone. You can listen to The Sunday Card on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also listen to us on Sports Country Radio at sportscountry.net at 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 5 p.m. on Saturdays, and again at 11.30 a.m. on Sundays. Follow us on Twitter for all of our picks throughout the regular season at The Sunday Card. And remember... If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.